Okay, everybody. Welcome back to another Lakutim Aranshir. This, Baruch Hashem, we had a little bit of a break over Yom Narayim. And this is our 31st inside text-based Lakutim Aranshir. For those who want to learn more, uh, the ideas of these classes were, again, to read the words inside. They should be text-based. What does Rabbi Nachman actually say? And to move slowly through his lessons to really learn them, take them to heart. Uh, other classes, the previous classes can all be found uh, on my SoundCloud account at Nach Daily or at Shia Sussman. And again, we have, you know, five on the Kudas Tovas. We have an introduction. They're all comprehensive text-based classes. The last bunch of classes, Baruch Hashem, have been on breastlove.org where you could see the videos of them. They weren't recorded on video until Corona hit. I guess that's maybe one good thing that came out of it. And a, uh, I guess you can call this season two because we started in the beginning of last year. I think it was right after Yom Narayim, a little bit after Yom Narayim as well. We had a break. So we're going to jump back in, and I'm really happy to be learning this Limud with everyone. And I guess we'll get started with tonight's lesson. Tonight we're going to be learning, and I have all the screen shares for everyone. Tonight we're going to be learning Rabbi Nachman's famous lesson, one of his seminal teachings, known as Aye, Aye Mikom Kivodo, where is the... Where is the, uh, your throne's glory? Where is your honor? Uh, it's lesson 12 in the second section of Lukut Mairan, known as Tinyana. Again, this is one of Rabbi Nachman's famous lessons. There are several main themes in this lesson. Again, a quick just overview of what the lesson contains, a little bit of introductory, and then we'll kind of jump right in. The main themes in this lesson are serving Hashem with Tamimis, Pshitas, and Simplicity. Another theme is putting aside our own mind to connect ourselves to Hashem's intelligence, to Hashem's mind. We have two, which is really bulk of the lesson revolves around this, uh, connecting to Hashem, even in the lowest place, through something called the Mimer Hasasum, the Mimer Nelam, the hidden Mimer, the hidden saying, also known as Bereshis, which is called the hidden mimer. We're gonna talk, we're gonna really head dive into that next week, not this week. Uh, so we'll get a better understanding about that. And also this lesson as well. Uh, it also talks about another theme is, which is obviously all these points are interconnected. Is about every yerida is really an aliyah, as it's different than saying every yerida is litzorich aliyah. Rabbi Nachman's going to explain how every yerida is really an aliyah in itself as we've seen this before, when we learned, I believe it was lesson 48, uh, where we talked about hisrachikus hi hiskarvas. Distancing is, in fact, bringing close. So again, we're going to see this theme about how every descent is really an ascent. Every falling is really a lifting up. Uh, as well as this, the, this lesson cuts through several parshas of Bereshis, in Sefer Bereshis, which we're starting, so I felt that it was also apropos to really start this lesson now. We'll probably do around maybe three or four classes on this, uh, on this lesson. And it cuts through, you know, it cuts through a bunch of the parses of Bereshis as it deals mostly with the Mimer Sussum. I'm just admitting people on the side over here because people come to the waiting room. So just doing the admittance. A, uh, as it deals again, as it deals with the Mimer Sassum, the hidden Mimer, the Mimer of Bereshis, the most potent Mimer of Hashem's Kedusha. 
And they, uh, so it cuts through the Parsha's voracious. Tonight, a, uh, I guess all this is just segueing down as the outline. Tonight, we're going to focus more specifically on really the first paragraph of this lesson, which deals with Tamimus and Pshitis, putting aside our own mind and serving Hashem with simplicity. We're going to see around three, we're going to learn Lukud Maran. Also, we're going to see around three or four pieces in Sichas Haran that are awesome, extraordinary things. Rabbi Nachman said that are just, they're so simple, you know, but it's, it's so astounding. And the idea is really, what Rabbi Nachman says really speaks for himself. Now, I wanted to read from everyone because uh, I want to really give this like magnitude, like weight, what this lesson over here. Uh, now, in Rabbi Chaim Kramers, who's the head of the Breslov.org, in his Lukutim Arans, in his parish, where he wrote an amazing, for years I don't know, he wrote a, my camera could pick that up, I don't know, an English commentary on Lukutim Aran, a very comprehensive, in-depth commentary. Now, he writes a few words introducing this piece, and I actually wasn't sure if he was quoting from Reb Nussin, or if it was actually his own words, but uh, I wanted to read it. Nevertheless, I put it down over here. He, wrote, he writes that this lesson is extremely profound and has the capacity to raise one's soul while in this world from the depths of the lowest levels of Gehenim to grant one life in the world to come, as one can see by studying this lesson and my elucidation of it. <laughs> so that's already a good promise, right? That it's so profound, it has the level to raise a person from hell, uh, the hell of this world, from the suffering of this world, from the difficulties and complications of this world in order to raise their soul into Olam Hav and the world to come. So a, uh, that's already a good, that's a great opener because anything that could do that for me, I'm, I'm there. You know, you show me how to do that and I'm definitely there. So without any further ado, I'll pull up the screen share. And again, we're not going to learn so far ahead because it really, today, because it really it transitions fairly quickly into kind of the bulk of the piece. So we're going to focus more primarily on the first paragraph and pieces in the Sikhs around that really expound and complement uh, the, the lessons. Okay, let me pull up the screen share over here. Screen share. Okay. So again, it is, well, let me move this over a little bit. Okay. Again, it is lesson 12 in the second section of Lakutim Aran, also known as Tinyana. Okay, so now let's jump right in. I'll read. Uh, when a person starts to go after their own mind, their own ideas, their own wisdom, a person is able to fall and uh, err, make mistakes, and come to great error and falling. Vilavo lide roos gedolos and come to evil things, very, very bad, tremendous ra things, chas v'shalom. V'yeshe kilko harbe kigon harishayim hagedolim me'od hamiforsamim shehitu es haolam, right? And there are people that did tremendous destruction in the world. For example, big evil rushes, the public ones, that one that everyone, the ones that everyone know about. Shehitu es haolam, that caused the world to err, caused the world to mistake, and they really misled and misguided the world. Everything happened 
through their wisdom and their intellect. Okay, I know that was a few, few short sentences, but just to recap and to explain a little bit, Rabbi Nachman right away, just to recap, he says that they, uh, the main thing, hold on, that when a person goes after their own mind, a person goes after their own wisdom, so it's very likely that they'll make a mistake, right? It's very likely that they'll mess up. And we see this, and he's saying that in very big rushes, very big public figures that really led the world astray, that led the world, uh, caused the downfall of the world, the denigration of society, happened through these leaders, these individuals who really uh, followed after their own mind, their own perceptions, and their own, and their own wisdom. So, who was this polemic against specifically? Who was Rabbi Nachman against specifically? I'm not sure exactly who. Actually, I wasn't going to say this, but really, who he was against specifically in some of the notes. I think it brings in Chaim Aran. He was talking about, I believe, Dari uh, Mepano, or one of the Italian early Mikubalim. I don't know how early he was in. Uh, maybe in, I think in Italy, someplace in Italy, who shaved their beards. I wasn't going to mention this point, but if you ask who specifically he was referring to, he was referring to this Makubal who said that in diaspora, in Gullis, you shouldn't have a beard and therefore uh, permitted to not shave your beard, but to cut your beard, I believe, at that time. And Rabbi Nachman felt that this was, this was a big mistake because it went from cutting the beard to shaving the beard to having no beard. Uh, I wasn't going to delve into the beard so much. Interestingly enough, it's really a side point, but I believe the Ramchal also didn't have a beard in, uh, while he was in Gullis and Eric Chisron. Later on, he did. He regretted that he told the students not that they shouldn't grow a beard. He felt, again, he also felt that Pikabala, Gullis is not the right time for a beard. But that's not, I wouldn't say that's the main point over here. Uh, but I think just for starters, what was he talking about? What comes to mind is Hitler, Yamashimo, right? That with his own ideas, following his own intellect, following his own ideas, he was hit to Es Ha'olam. He confused the world and put, polluted the world and put bad advice in the world because he was really following his own mind. And that's something that would be a very clear example. Or someone else who I think about is Karl Marx, right? Although they were very, very Karl Marx, not pretending to be an expert in his writings, but Karl Marx, you know, he took his philosophies, he took his ideas, and we see how much... Uh, destruction they actually caused in the world over time, how uh, terrible communism was even till today in Ukraine. It's just so eroded away, the very fabric of the essence of people's beings there where they're almost like lifeless because it was so eroded away over communism and things like that. So, you know, for starters, these are Rishayim that were Hites Ha'olam. These were people that were, took their ideas of poison because they started, stopped, and they followed their own intellect, as Rabbi Nachman saying, and they and they really cause damage in the world. Another place where we see this as well is uh, next week's Parsha, we see by Nimrod as well. Nimrod also apparently had some sort of philosophy and he really brought the world to a lower state, a, lo a lower state. C.C. Rabbi Nachman opens up and says how, a, uh, how when you follow your own mind, you end up in trouble. And again, just to flesh this point, because I think it's a very, very, it's a simple point like many points, but it needs a little bit, we need to spend a little bit of time on it. Like another thing that I was thinking is about like Trump and Biden and politics, you know, like when you're, when you're, I'm not saying who I'm pro, 
private, no joking, right? So the, uh, but the point is when you're holich ach, your own seichel, when you go after your mind, right? So it ends up as a mess, <laughs> right? It ends up as a mess. This one with that one and this, and it's just everyone thinks the world starts, stops, and ends in their own mind. So it creates a lot of problems. And on top of that, like Rabbi Nachman saying, it, it be, before we get to the mental, emotional level, just on a national level, on a societal level, like he's saying, there is shayim before samim, right? They're hita esha'olam. They, they confuse the world. So people here convincing ideas that start and stop and ended in a person's mind. And they're not pure ideas. They're not necessarily divine ideas. And those ideas go into other people's minds, right? And it pollutes their minds. And it really, it really fools, it really, really fools the world. So I think that's the most simple level of what he's speaking about. But of course, there's always the mental, emotional level, which right away, Rabbi Nachman opens up with the limitations of our own mind, that, he, that, all, that we think we can figure things out. So all day long, essentially what we do is we whiz around our own minds. And how many times were we wrong, but we thought we were right. So all day long, we're going after our sikhlo, we're going after our chachma, and we're whizzing around in our minds. And as we learned in Torah Aleph, uh, originally back when, I think we have four or five shirim on Torah Aleph, where, that right away we need to connect our minds to Hashem's minds. We need to see that there's a seichel b'holdavar, there's a hidden wisdom, there's a hidden intelligent be, that's really guiding creation that's, 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 always, that's always there. So when you understand that there's a deeper intelligence behind creation, you're not only relying on your own intellect in order to figure things out all the time. You're not always whizzing around in your head thinking that, oh, okay, I got to figure this out. Okay, I got to figure this out. Okay, I got to figure this out. It becomes mentally exhausted and a person becomes totally, 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 totally run down. Like, this is like a, a very hard thing for people, you know? It's a very hard pill to swallow because we think we could figure everything out. What can I figure out, right? But what Rabbi Nachman's teaching is a person needs to learn how to set aside their own mind, how to learn how to shelf your thinking and understand that there's a world beyond our world, beyond the world that you see, which is really guided by the Seichel B'chodar, which is really guided by, by Amuna. Uh, one last point on this before we move on, because it, again, it's, it's, it's such a basic and fundamental point, is that like, you know, we overthink, we make ourselves worn down, we get nervous, we get jealous, you know, because we're not opening ourselves up to a higher, a higher thing, right? So like another area where we see this, we're not opening ourselves to a higher intelligence and we're not trusting that there's a deeper wisdom behind life. So another, another place where we see this is with Corona, right? Honestly, no one knows anything. Like, what does anyone mean? And he's like, this person, that person, this, mass, no mass. This doctor says mass are good. This doctor says mass are bad, right? This one has a million proofs and research why masks spread corona more. And this one says, no, you know, mass are help. It, it, there's, no, there's, no, there's no wrapping your mind around it, you know? But when we go after our own seicho, when we go after our own, what I think I'm going to do, right? And we lose the Tamimus and Shittas, and we lose that there's a bigger picture here. There's a bigger divine scheme. There's a bigger Amuna here that's happening. So we lose sight of the intelligence beyond us. And we wind up, we wind up stricken with fear, anxiety, worry, hate, right? 
this, if only they would, and if only they would, right? And we try to wrap our mind around things. And what happens is, is hitu es ha'olam, as Rabbi Nachman said, when we go after our own intelligence, we're not open to the seichu b'choldavar, to a deeper level intelligence, or we're going with what we're going to see is, we're going with uh, complications. So what happens is, is that we lose our amuna, we lose our faith, and things start to denigrate from there, and we slowly start to deteriorate. <laughs> okay, we'll go back inside to the screen share. Okay, now he says some, uh, he says an, uh, another astounding remark, and this is obviously a segue. The Iker Hayadus, who? What's the main thing in Judaism? Keep Shabbos? No. Put the filling on? No. Uh, don't do a Vodazara? No, he doesn't say that. The Iker Hayadus, if someone asks you what was the main thing in Judaism, what would you say? Let's see what Rabbi Nachman says. The Iker Hayadus, the main thing in Judaism is, drum roll please, Kurak Lelech Betimimisubshitas. To go only with Timimus, wholesomeness, upshitas, simplicity, blishum chachmas, without any wisdom at all. Ulastaka bechol davar and look at everything that you do. Shiyeh sham Hashem Yisbarach, that Hashem should be in what I'm doing. without monitoring, watching over, or worrying about your own honor. Only if there is the honor of God in it, do it. The imlav lav, and if Hashem's not in it, don't do it. Very simple advice. The az lo and then for sure, for sure, you will never ever falter. You will never ever sin. Okay. Again, the recap. So, what's the main thing in Judaism? Drum roll, please. To be simple. Huh? To be simple? That's the main thing in Judaism? The Iker Hayadas is to go with Tamimus What? It's astounding, right? But nevertheless, nevertheless, Rabbi Nachman is teaching that we need to go with simplicity. That we have so many Chachmas, we have so much wisdom. We, we have so much, but we're totally, we're totally confused, right? When we're whizzing, again, when we're whizzing around our, our minds all day. So it's really remarkable, right? And then he gives simple advice. He gives simple advice. What's the simple advice? A, uh, if Hashem's in it, do it. And if Hashem's not in it, don't do it. <laughs> so yeah, I love this, the astounding simplicity of this because I remember I was speaking to someone, uh, in, in a certain shul somewhere, I'm being vague here because I don't want it to be uh, Lashon Hara on anyone, but I was speaking to someone in a shul somewhere and I said, oh, why don't you do this? Why do you do this in the shul? Why don't you do that in the shul? And I was just hocking the person a little bit and the person said, oh, if we did that in the shul, then people would think we're like a young Israel or something. So we do this in the shul, even though I really think that's right, but we don't want people to think like we're like a young Israel or something. So we do this to separate ourselves from that, you know? And I know I'm, being, I'm purposely being vague here, but I said to the person, I said, yeah, I said, I said, I don't get it. I said, ask yourself, is Hashem in it? Yeah, then do it. If Hashem's not in it, don't do it. 
And the person burst out laughing me like, I wish it was that simple. That was really the response to me, you know? And I was thinking in my head like, yeah, it really is that simple. You know, if you think something is right, if there's Hashem in it, do it. If Hashem is not in it, then don't do it. But we get so confused. We get so, a, uh, we, we make things complicated. So if you ever want to know whether you should proceed forward with something or do something, you just need to ask yourself very simply, is Hashem in the thing that I'm doing? If yes, do it. If Hashem's not in it, then don't do it. Right? So that's incredible. Hey, uh, so now I wanted to go on a little bit to uh, Sichas Aran. And I wanted to do a few, again, these are a few short pieces on, on the Indian of Tamimus and Shittis on simplicity. I recently, this parenthetically, I recently read a story as well about a, uh, about NASA, that NASA, when they started sending people to space, they quickly, they quickly realized that you can't send a pen to space. For some reason, whatever it is, you're not able to write with the pen. So I guess in zero gravity, it doesn't hold up for whatever the reason is. So what they do, they spent 10 years and over $12 billion on creating a certain type of pen that's totally indestructible. You could write underwater, you could write in zero gravity, you could write with all different positions, all different sorts of ways. Uh, but what I saw comically was, is that the Russians at that time, they just chose to write with a pencil. <laughs> Meaning to say like, there's a certain simplicity to life. There's a certain pshitas, there's a certain tmimus, there's a certain natural trust that life is good and the world's a good place that we need to kind of trust in life, in life itself, as opposed to getting so overly complicated and so overly run down with things in our mind. As Rabbi Nachman is teaching, the main thing in life, the main ikra yadas is simplicity, is to be wholesome, right? You need to be completely wholesome with God, as well as there's an ample amount of Gemaras that talk about why was the, Gemara, why was the Torah given in the Midbar, because it's simple, right? We know it says, Moshe Kibel Torah Messinai, the first mission in Pirkei Avos. Moshe received the Torah from Sinai. Uh, I remember seeing once that the Chida asked on that, what does it mean? Moshe, never, Moshe didn't receive the Torah from Sinai. He received the Torah from Hashem. What does that mean he received the Torah from Sinai? It's just saying, Moshe Kibel Torah from Hashem, not from Har Sinai. So we all know the famous answer is that no, Moshe learned from the Midas of Har Sinai. Moshe learned to be humble, Moshe learned to be simple, right? And because he made himself to be a simple, humble vessel, he was the one who was able to bring down the Torah because he learned Moshe Kibbutz Torah Messinai. He learned from Har Sinai exactly how to go with Tmimis, how to go with Pshitas, how to live life with simplicity. Okay, now we're going to move on to the Sikha Saran pieces. There's a few short pieces over here, but a, uh, we're going to pick them up. Okay. Sikha Saran, Lesson 33, Lamed Gimel. Shuv pam achas hayamidaber be'emuna. One time, this is again, this is, this quote over here is a very famous thing that Rabbi Nachman said, actually. Shuv pam achas hayamidaber be'emuna. There's one time he was talking to us about emuna. Anava Amar, he opened up and he said, the world considers Amuna something small. 
the eights Lee, but next to me, Emuna Hudavar Gadol. I think by me, Emuna is the biggest. The Ikar Emuna, he blishum chachmas vechakiras klau. And the main Emuna is to not have wisdom and not to have sophistication at all. Rakpif Shitas Gamor, with utter simplicity, Kemoshahanashim vehahamon am hakasherim ma'aminim. Just like women and simple Jews that utterly, that utterly believe. You see that there's a, there's a natural amuna that women seem to have over men. Because men, I mean, women can be complicated too. But there's, a, a, but there's a natural innate amuna that women seem to have over men that they kind of have an internal sense of Hashem, as we all need a lot of mitzvahs to remind us of everything. But again, what does Rabbi Nachman say? He says that the main thing is amuna that the world thinks Amuna is something small, right? What'd you do today? Uh, I learned, Kudumaran. oh, that's not called learning, right? I learned uh, Bilvavi, that's not called learning. I learned Chobos Lavavos, okay, Chobos Lavavos was a Rishon, you know, that's a little learning. I learned Mesila Shasharim for an hour, and it's 15 minutes, buddy. You don't learn that for an hour, you learn it and you go back. I learned Derek Hashem. Yeah, it's not really learning. I mean, Mishnayis, Halacha, Shulchan Aruch, you know, okay, dafyomi, maybe if you do it well, you know, but even that might not be considered learning, right? So we have so much chachma, right? The, the world doesn't consider, I mean, we, we, we actually see a shift in this nowadays, primarily because of Rebbe Nachman, who taught that Amun is a big thing, right? But if you say to someone, I spent an, I spent an hour in a spite of this, expressing Amunah. Eh, okay, whatever, I mean, something, I mean, I, you are talking to God, I mean, but if you didn't learn Gemara today, you didn't do anything, right? Meaning to say, Rabbi Nachman says, Eitzali, Amuna is the biggest. The main thing is, is to have Amuna. And what is, additionally, what does he say? No chachmas, no sophistications. To have Amuna, that the world's a good place. To have Amuna, that things are going to work out. To have Amuna on yourself, that you don't, it's not on you to figure everything out. And when you have that Amuna, it becomes very, very, it becomes uh, so much simpler in order, in order to settle your mind, in order to feel calm, in order to come to emotional well-being, and in order to come to resilience. But we have such a way of complicating things. And to piggyback on this, is this is, I, I think the world is like catching on to this. Like there's a whole movement of minimalism, you know? And like if you go on YouTube or if you go online, you search in, you know, minimalist, anything, you know, and you'll see people with whole lifestyles of a minimalist lifestyles of decluttering because people sense that life has become complicated, right? So the, there is something minimalist possessions, but the main minimalism is to not be overthinking. The main thing is, is to have a Muna and to not uh, make things overcomplicated for yourself as the, a, uh, I forgot who's singing. Maybe it was Alanis Morris who said, why does everything have to be so complicated, right? It doesn't have to be. Everything could be really, really simple. You just have to ask yourself, as Rabbi Nachman says, is Hashem in this thing that I'm doing? Or is Hashem not in this thing that I'm doing? Then life will be much more simpler. And if Hashem's in it, do it. And if Hashem's not in it, don't do it. Okay, another piece in Sikhs are on. Guys, these are amazing pieces. Incredible. They're short, but they're... They're, they're amazing. They're, okay. Oh, what was that? Hold on a second. 
open that one up twice. Okay, here is, here's the next one, okay? Let me just make this a little smaller. Okay, this is, a, this is a, an extraordinary, astounding, an astounding thing Rabbi Nathan said. He said, uh, again, a Sikha Saran, number 36, Lamed Vav. But Omar, I mean, this is just, this is astounding, this remark. Right? Uh, there will come a time when an ish kasher pashut, a simple kosher Jew, will be a chiddush, will be such a novelty, it will be like the Baal Shem Tov. <laughs> there will come a time where being simple Jew will be a chiddush like the Baal Shem Tov means we've so overcomplicated thing just to be a kosher yid just to be a simple jew is not so simple <laughs> right that if you're already a kosher jew you're a chiddush like the baal shem tov how much more so nowadays obviously Praiseworthy is a person. Oh, it's my phone. Someone else's phone. Okay. Praiseworthy. Ashrei Mishi is Chazek as Bemuna Gedola Hashem Yisbaruch. Praiseworthy is a person who strengthens their Amuna in Hashem and in truth Sadikim. Levakish Hashem Yisbaruch Tamid and and always ask God constantly. Sheyiskele Iskarev to come close. Leish Ms to a true person, a man of truth. Ashrei Lo. Praiseworthy are you. The Ashrei Chelko. Praiseworthy is your lot in life. I think this speaks again to the just the uh, kind of how complicated we've made life and how much we need to go back to the basic bread and butter, how much we need to go back to the basic amuna, to the basic, to the basic simplicity that the Rabbi Nachman writes in his days over 200 years ago, that there's going to be finding a simple Jew will be such a chiddush like the Baal Shem Tov. Okay, next piece. Go into the screen share. Sikha Saran, lesson 101. So I think, before we read the next piece, just to introduce it, so I think it needs a little bit, what the next piece really comes to do is it really needs, it really spreads, it really sheds a little bit more light on why why it's such a big deal to be simple. Like, so you're simple, like what's the big deal? So what's so special about that? So in, the next, in this piece in Sikha's Iran, in less than 101, we're gonna see. Okay, hold on. Okay, you guys see that? Less than 101 in Sikha's Iran. Again, these are all very short pieces, short in words, large in impact. Kvar muvor kam pamim. We, and this is actually notably, this is, I think this is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite piece in the entire Sikha Saran. Kvar Mavor Kamapamim. We've all been explained many times. A person needs no wisdom in serving God. You only need Tmimas, wholesomeness, Upshitas, simplicity, the Emuna, and faith. The Omar, and he said, Simplicity is so, so high. Because God is high. 
Hashem is exalted amongst everything. And God is utterly simple in the most simple and basic simplicity. I'm not exactly sure how to you would actually translate that. But again, I'll read that again because this is awesome. We've already explained many times you need no wisdom in serving God. You only need simplicity, joy, and faith. And we know that Pshitas, and he said, Pshitas is higher than everything. Because Hashem is definitely simple and higher than everything. And Hashem is Pasha with the Tachlis of Shittas. So again, that's, that's an astounding statement. We think, and this is really going to tie into the, to the whole lesson and the theme that we're building over here, but we think that we need great sophistications in order to come close to God. If I was smarter, if I was more learned, if I didn't do Averas, if I had more time, if I was less busy, if I had a good financial situation, if I had this, if I had that, right? And we have all this wisdom. But Rabbi Nachman says that no, ain't shum chachmas, no chachmas, no chachmas, right? To go with complete simplicity, simple faith, to go with tmiru simshitas, it, it, Hashem is not complicated, right? But we over-intellectualize, we over-idealize, and we, again, we make, we make everything very, 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 very complicated. So again, Hashem is totally in utter simplicity. Now to foreshadow a little bit, uh, how this is going to tie in with the bigger piece and what we're going to see next week. Next week, we're going to take it. We're going to go like, boom, straight in. We're going to take a deep dive into learning about the Mimer Sassam and the 10 uh, utterances and Hashem's potent level of Kedusha. And how every Yerida is, uh, every Yerida is, is really an Aliyah. And what the theme that we're going to be drawing out here is it all comes from simplicity, <laughs> Right. It all comes from simplicity. When a person maintains their pshitas and tamimas, even in the lowest and the lowest and the lowest of the darkest places. So what happens is then they're going to be able to come close to Hashem. Then they're going to be able to pull themselves out of, out of their veras. But what happens is in our small minds with our sophistication and our complications, we think we mess up in life. We think that we make mistakes. So we say, oh, according to whatever I did, according to my wisdom, I messed up and it's irreparable. This relationship I can never fix right? I can never get along better with my kid. I can never get along better with my spouse. I can never get along with this. I can never, this relationship is totally broken or the virus I did such terrible things. There can never be a tikkun. There can never be a repair. I can never come close to God after this. And then we just throw in the towel. But Rabbi Nachman's going to explain through a person maintaining their tamimah simshitas, not going after their seichel, seeing ayeh mikom kivodo and searching out where is Hashem's throne of glory, or in other words, as Rabbi Nachman says in Sichus Haran Lesson 3, Hashem is, knows no bounds, right? And that allows us to put aside our own wisdom and connect to the intelligence of Hashem, connect to the deeper intelligence and the deeper nature of life, the deeper wisdom of Hashem's universal mind, Hashem's universal intelligence. Now, I want to... We try to have a Parsha connection in this year. So we're going to have our voracious Parsha connection. And I think over here, there's, there's an obvious connection that 
I think I saw this one time in Reb Nassim, but I'm not sure. I definitely saw this in other Sarm. I definitely one time saw this in the Shemish Shmuel. I think I saw it in Lakut Alachis as well, but a, uh, not 100% sure. A, uh, that he explains that what was Chavasin, what happened here with the Nachash and Chavasin and other Marishon, they were told to not eat from the tree, and then they went ahead and they go eat with the tree. So what was, what was, the, what was their Avera? Now, I know much ink has been spilt on this question, right? But to say very simply is that they were supposed to put aside their own ideas, their own intellect, their own wisdom, and not follow after the polluted advice of the Nachash, right? So they, what happened was what, uh, they were supposed to, uh, wait, I, I might have said that wrong. I don't I, right? They were not supposed to follow after their own wisdom and their own intellect. They were, they were not supposed to listen to the Nachash, they were supposed to put their own wisdom aside, not listen to it, and listen to just to the simple Devar Hashem in order to listen, what does Hashem want me to do? Hashem wants me to eat from the tree. Hashem doesn't want me to eat from the tree. But they had a whole complicated, sophisticated cheshbon that I'm going to a, uh, I'll make a Bechira la, ra for to because if I'm in a place of disadvantage, I'm going to choose to eat from the tree, right? And then I'll be in a place of disadvantage. From that place of disadvantage, I'll be able to reach out to a higher level, right? By fulfilling the word of God from that place of disadvantage will ultimately raise me to a higher level. So they made a choice that they were going to actually put themselves in a place of disadvantage in order to attain a higher level by choosing, by making a free will decision in order to serve God. But what was the problem with that? The problem was, is that that's not what Hashem wanted. (laughs) <laughs> right? So it comes out the sin of Adam and Chava was that they followed after their own ideas when they were supposed to just serve Hashem with Shitas and simplicity. Uh, a, a place where we parallel this and where we find this, uh, which many of the Meforshim actually note over there, is we see a parallel story as well by a uh, by a King Shaul, Shaul Hamelech, Shmuel, and Agag, the king of the Malachis. What happened? Shmuel Hanavi told King Shaul that he was supposed to just uh, kill everyone from Amalek, men, women, children, all the cattle, the king, and everything like that, right? And the next day, all of a sudden, Shmuel Hanavi shows up to Shaul and says, what are the sheeps that I'm hearing? What's the ba? right? And Shaul says, Shaul says, oh, those are the cattle. I left them over and Agag, the king, in order to shech them, to make a bigger Kiddush Hashem, this way it will be a greater Kiddush Hashem. But I just would have killed them. It wouldn't have been such a big deal. But I left them over. This way it will be even a much higher and elevated idea. And what did Shmuel Hanavi right away say to Shaul? He says, you're wrong. Chatu Hashem. You sin to God. I mean, his cheshbon was right. I mean, he did have a good calculation. It would have been nice, Right. But Shaul HaMelech's problem was, again, he was supposed to go with Tamir Simshitas. Just like Adam and Chava, he was supposed to go with simplicity, right? And it's no coincidence that the Nachash HaKadmon is synonymous with Amalek, bad advice. And by Shmuel Hanavi and Shaul, Shaul was supposed to kill Amalek, which is also synonymous with bad advice. And, but he overcomplicated. He overhad a sophistication over here. And the main thing is to go, just do what Hashem wants you to do. And uh, with that, we'll end over here. We'll open it up for a, uh, and again, next week, we're going to go very deep. It's going to be very deep class next week. But a, uh, 
Questions, comments, letter to the editors. People want to add things. Go. Yeah. Yeah, I got a question. So, like, a person could be acting with what they think is to me was in cheapest, but how do they know it, it really is? Because a lot of times people misjudge or don't understand their own motivations and actions. So in other words, I might think that I'm acting with cheap seems and cheap this here, but then if I would look at it years later, I'll see that I really wasn't. Okay. So uh, let me repeat the question. The question is, is how does a person know if they're acting with me with some sheetas and their perceptions are accurate or not? Right. Uh, I'll offer an answer to this. I don't know if it's the right answer per se. Uh, it's complicated. I don't want to say it's complicated, you know, but it's a very difficult thing to assess. And, you know, one thing is you want to ask yourself, is it fear? Am I not doing it because I'm scared? Am I anxious? Am I worried? Like, is that really to me with some sheetas? To me with some sheetas doesn't necessarily look meek or it doesn't necessarily look like uh, you need to back down per se. You know, people confuse wholesomeness as being intimidated. <laughs> you know, people confuse Tamimi Samshitis as a kind of a weak perception or something more timid. And that's not, that's not what he meant. When Shaul was supposed to kill Agag, he meant to chop his head off, right? He meant to murder him. He meant to kill every man, women, and children. It's hard. How do you, how do you, how do, you do that? No, but the Tamimi Samshitis there is to do what Hashem wants. And I think that's what Rebbe, that's part of, part and parcel of what Rebbe Nachman says the litmus test that a person can give themselves is, as Rabbi Nachman says in the Kudumaran, is, is Hashem in this? Yeah. If Hashem's not in it, then don't do it, right? And that's something that every individual obviously needs to clarify for themselves. But if you know that Hashem's in it, you'll be willing to stand up. You'll be willing to be strong about it. But you really have to do a spade to this. You really have to self-reflect. And you really have to ask yourself, is this I'm doing this because my ego or is Hashem in this or is Hashem in this and I need to stand up. Right. Or is Hashem's in this and I need to back down. Right. So obviously the result is going to be going to be different depending on the situation, but it's something that needs to be a person needs to really think about again, if Hashem's in it, good, do it. If not, don't, I don't know if that answers to that. Is that somewhat of an answer? Yeah, it's somewhat of an answer, but self-delusion um, or, or mistakes even, if not maybe delusion is a maybe too strong word, is, is uh, very, um, is, is always a danger. Yeah. And people to get away from. Yeah, but Rabbi Nachman here meant following the Torah also, you know, he went, he went following Amuna. I mean, it's, it's true, you can't ignore the fact that we live in the world of illusion, <laughs> you know, and it's set up, it's set up that way by design. You know, and but there is a deeper intelligence behind life. There are are the way I kind of envision it is like our mind is directly linked to Hashem's mind. You know, but you have to be open for that wisdom. Like, you know, you have to be open for that shefa. You have to be open for that flow. And when you car when you start seeing that your mind is really connected to Hashem's mind, so you're less inclined to use all your mental prowesses in order to figure something out or make a decision in life. It's kind of like if you had a, a crane for heavy lifting. You'd want the hydraulic system to lift the bricks. <laughs> you wouldn't want to lift them yourself, which means you want to use the intelligence of Hashem's mind in order to do the heavy lifting to figure things out for you, as opposed to you trying to do all the heavy lifting yourself and trying to overexert, overanalyze and overthink. So 
you know, again, you, you would want the pressure system in the, in the crane to do the heavy lifting of the rocks or of the rubble or of the construction, whatever it is. You wouldn't want to have to do that by manpower. So when you understand that your mind is really directly linked to Hashem's mind, Hashem's intelligence, uh, so then you're able to, to have that do oh, the heavy lifting. Yeah. Rabbi Nachman. Um, I'm going to call the house like around 11 o'clock. Uh, so just ask, do the okay. Uh, another thing is, is that Rabbi Nachman says in a uh, in lesson Aleph something we spoke about. This is really how Yaakov got through life, because by Yaakov, and again this is really a, a different lesson. This is Torah Aleph, but he says Vyakiveni Asaph says by Yaakov, I was outsmarted. <laughs> means Yaakov was the one. Akiveni means I was tricked, but it also means Techachmeni. He won up to me. He outsmarted me. Meaning to say, Yaakov Avinu was the one who was able to ascertain uh, where's the Tamimus Shemshitas. And that's why Yaakov was always tricking. The one who was MS, who was truth, was the one who was always tricking because there was a certain Tamimus Shemshitas, there was a certain deeper wisdom, there was a certain intelligence that Yaakov understood that he was connected to. So it allowed him to do things even if it was against his essential character. Okay, uh, maybe that's a little bit more. Any uh, other questions, comments, later to the editors? Anyone want to share things, thoughts? Okay, if no one has anything to say. Isn't Rabbi Nachman saying like a shift? shift uh, uh, like they tell me that Hashem's always in front of you, you know? Like, that, that Hashem's always with you. Yeah, isn't that what, is that part of the moon or like he says that there's uh yeah, yeah, it's definitely obviously knowing that Hashem's always with you, and we're we're gonna we're gonna definitely deep dive into that. Yeah, if you take that literally, that's uh having Hashem literally in front of you, as opposed to everything that you know that happens ideologically. Yeah, well, it, I'm not sure what you're saying. What are you saying? Saying is because he's saying that Rabbi Nachman saying it literally. Are we not going to say literally you should have Hashem in front of you? Or is he saying that that when it comes to decisions, Hashem should be guiding the decisions? Rabbi Nachman's only, in this lesson, Rabbi Nachman is saying always. He's not just saying in terms of decisions. We kind of spiraled out into decisions in this last comment. Rabbi Nachman is saying always Hashem is with you. As Rabbi Nachman is going to see, we're going to learn that uh, he brings later on in this lesson that and I'm going to foreshadow a little bit that uh, that if someone says he brings a Yerushalmi, an amazing Yerushalmi, that someone says if uh, if someone asks you hey Chana Shemelokecha, where's your God found? So the Gemara answers Bichrach Romi in the Roman Parthenon. <laughs> it means Hashem is so big, he's even in Times Square, he's even in Fisherman's Wharf in San Francisco. That's how big our God is. <laughs> right? Like, hey, Hashem in the Roman Parthenon, the Teach in, in the amphitheater, right? Like, our Hashem is so big, you could have him in front of you no matter where you are. Even in the lowest, most dirtiest, most filthiest place, our God is found there also. That's how, that's how amazing Hashem is. Okay, we'll get, we'll get to more of that next week, though, uh, of course. Anyone else? Should I stop? Shaya. Yeah, Benjamin. Yeah, I just wanted to say uh, for the uh, Safer Yona. Oh, do you like uh, the publication on Yona? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. 
Oh, thank you. Scalia, thank you. Thank you very much. Beautiful, beautiful. I'm happy you liked it. For those of you who don't know, I'm saying this on the recording, uh, Binyamin's talking about it. I recently put out a small safer on Yona under Nach Daily. It's not in stores. Hopefully, it'll be up on Amazon soon. But I printed out copies and I gave them out to people. It was meant for, it's a Navi reader for Yom Kippur and uh, for anyone who's learning Safer Yona. Plenty of breast liver insights. <laughs> okay. Have a good Shabbos, everyone. It's a pleasure as always. Tune in next week and we will see you then. Have a good Shabbos.